Welcome back, everybody, to City Lights Podcast. Uh, we're back with another episode of our podcast, or I guess you could say our sermon series uh, overview. We're here with our brother, Ruvin Poplavsky. I know you guys heard a lot about him, but he has actually not yet been on the podcast. We're still working on that. <laughs> but we're glad to have you with us. Uh, your Praise sermon God. topic today was walking in truth. So if you want to kind of just give us a brief overview of what you talked about and kind of what led you to, you know, speak about it. Yeah, uh, first and foremost, I want to say it's, you know, definitely a pleasure to be uh, on this podcast and to join in with uh, fellow brothers in this ministry. Um, but as I was given the opportunity to speak about walking in the truth, um, to kind of organize my sermon, I I had four different points in which I was hoping that people would be able to follow along uh, and make it pretty simple for people. So I, I organized um, it in terms of I gave a definition of truth and I wanted to juxtapose the, a biblical uh, view on truth rather than uh, a worldly view on truth because we hear about you know truth a lot of times from um, in our psychology classes and philosophy classes or whatever else we may be taking. And I wanted to see it through the lens of the Word of God and what does the Word of God teaches us the truth is. So that was my first point in terms of what is truth and defining that and laying a basis for the rest of the sermon. Um, and then I took a turn in the second question and I uh, spoke about why the world does not receive the truth. And, um, and then the third question was, what does it mean to walk in the truth and taking a turn more uh, towards practic- the practicality side of this? Um, in terms of how can I apply this in my life? Because a lot of the, we throw a lot of phrases around about uh, walking in the spirit, walking in love, and I wanted to you know hone in on how can I begin practically applying this into my life, and how can I begin to walk in the truth, um, so that it's not just something I read about or something that people talk about when they you know go on stage, um, but that as a Christian in my daily walk with Christ, how can I apply this into my life? How can I walk in the truth? Um, that's what the third question or the third point I had, what, what it spoke about. Um, and then the fourth, the fourth point I had or the fourth question I had, it kind of uh, brought everything together. And I spoke about why persevere in the truth. And I, you know, had a few points there that kind of summed up the, uh, the rest of the sermon. Um, so that's how it was organized, and that's how I began. Um, and, you know, starting from the first point where I spoke about a worldly view versus a biblical view on truth, and um, I looked at, you know, I researched about what psychologists and what philosophers say about truth because I learned, remember learning about it even in my own classes that I took in college. Um, and the truth is something that people don't want to talk about because it's offensive um, in terms of, you know, a lot of the times people nowadays are so afraid of being offended by someone and because the truth, the truth hurts, the truth can be offensive um, and it is offensive. Um, but that's why the world is so afraid of the truth. Uh, they're afraid of it because it exposes what is true, what is actually true. Um, and, you know, I, I looked at the world and the world defines truth as just something soft and fluffy and uh, something that, you know, that that you know doesn't really exist in, in a sense but the biblical view on truth uh it speaks about jesus christ being the truth 
speaks about the Word of God being the truth. And whatever the Word of God outlines, whatever it says, that is the truth. And that's how we walk in the truth, um, is by persevering in the Word. Is, and that's what I spoke about um, later on. Um, and, you know, I had uh, different scriptures. I had many scriptures that I read um, in terms of what is the truth and having a biblical view on truth. And I read from Ephesians. I read from John. Um, we don't have to read all the places of Scripture, and I actually won't read any of them. But um, pretty much the point that I was trying to get to is that the truth is in God himself. The truth is God. And in, in John chapter 1, it says that um, the Word became flesh, and Jesus Christ is the incarnate Word. And so the Word of God, the, the words that God says, is truth as well. Um, and also in, in the book of Ephesians, it talks about the gospel message of salvation also um, being the truth. And so that that's where I started. That's where I laid the foundation. Uh, I spoke about a worldly view on truth um, and then a biblical view on truth and how the Bible presents that the truth is God. The truth is Jesus Christ, the things that he says, uh, the things in, his, in, in the word and uh, also the gospel message of salvation. Um, and then I went on to speak about why the world does not receive the truth. Um, and, I, and I read from John chapter 8 and I spoke of these Pharisees um, where they where they claim to have this belief in God and they have claimed to have this belief in Jesus, but it was it was an illegitimate faith. It was uh, not a true faith. And um, I read from a passage in John chapter two where Jesus even says that he didn't he didn't commit himself to them because he knew them. He knew their faith that it wasn't true, it wasn't genuine. And even in in uh, in John chapter eight verse fifty nine, he talked about how these Jews were so angry when, 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 the, when Jesus presented the truth to them about who they really were and about who he was. Um, this, they were cut to the heart to the point to where um, they took up stones to kill Jesus. And, you know, that itself shows how much hostility the truth actually brings to someone who um, is, not, is not with Christ, who's not walking with Christ. And I think that that's why we as Christians face a lot of hostility um, you know, from the world because we present the truth to them, but but they it, to them it, they have a veil over their eyes. They don't understand, and to the, and that generates hostility that offends them. Um, and that's why when we pray, I think it's really important for us to pray that the Lord takes this veil off their eyes because the enemy blinds them um, to take the veil off their eyes and and, and reveal them th their eyes to the truth, to the truth of the gospel, to the truth that there is a God and that there is a there there is a judgment, there is a hell, there is a heaven. Um, the truth that Jesus Christ is the only way to God um, because there's so many forms of religion nowadays, so many mm -hmm. ways that people claim that you can come to God. And like one of the verses I read um, is John 14, 6 is probably the most most uh, important verse was about that Jesus says that I am the way, the truth, and the life, and that nobody comes to the Father except through me. And, and that's that's offensive. You know, that's, that's really offensive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, you know, Christ or God, he refers to himself as the I am, you know, right. and I think that that statement is so powerful in so many different ways. But I think how it applies into this situation is the fact that this world to this world, like I should say, truth has become subjective. Right. Truth is is a matter of how you feel. You know, a truth is a matter of what we want it to be almost. Yeah, and exactly. that's different how the, from when the Bible from what the Bible teaches, as you know, I just mentioned, and you were just talking about how Christ is truth. There is no, you know, leeway in that, and there is no 
separation from that. Why is that view that, you know, there is only one truth instead of truth is subjective. It's, it's uh, whatever, however you feel like. Why is that so opposed by the world? And then why is subjectivity of truth so appealing to man, to mankind? I mean, to all of us. So, I mean, I think that we as humans were born with an, I guess, an innate desire to do what we want, you know, and the truth oftentimes opposes that um, in terms of, um, like you mentioned, the truth in this world is whatever you want to be true for your own well-being. Um, if you take an example for someone, you know, who's overweight, they don't want to hear the truth that they're overweight because they're comfortable where they are. So I think addressing a person and telling them that they're living in sin is offensive. The reason is, is uh, because we as humans were born uh, with a lot of pride, and the Bible preaches, the Bible speaks on that. Um, and we don't want, we don't want people coming to us and telling us, "Hey, you're wrong," or um, "Hey, you need to repent," or you know, you were born into sin, and there's a heaven and there's a hell unless you repent um, and you believe on Jesus Christ, you will perish. And I think, I think that uh, that pride that we're born with, I think that's the reason why. Uh, we, we we cover up the truth because we don't want to come to it because we're afraid of exposing our pride and and admitting that we're wrong and that the word the truth of the word of God is actually true, and that's what I spoke about later is that that truth will actually set you free, um, because when Jesus is speaking to these Jews, um, he speaks to them, um, and he says that if you abide in my word, then you you will be truly my disciples, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free, and I think. It sets you free from sin, but in a way, it also sets you free from yourself. It sets you free from your own pride to admit that you're wrong, that you need a savior, um, and to and it also see, frees you from your sin, from the captivity of, of 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 the prison of your sin, because that's where we as where um, where we as humans are. And so, to answer your question, I think the reason why the world doesn't receive the truth is because. Of, of an innate pride, of an innate pride that we're born with, and we don't want to accept something that um, that we believe and admit that we're wrong. And because they don't accept the truth, because they don't have a capacity to believe in the truth, they hate it. And so um, we need to pray that the Lord opens their eyes by drawing them unto himself, because it says in John chapter 6, verse 44, that no man comes to me unless the Father draws him. That's Jesus speaking. He says that no man will come unto me unless the Father draws him. So I, feel, I believe when the, when the Father draws, he will take the veil off their eyes and show them that the truth will actually set them free from themselves and from sin. Yeah, I think that's such a beautiful um, point that you made, how truth and its ability to set us free. And we were kind of talking about, like, what is this truth that actually can set us free? And uh, clearly it's talking about Christ and, you know, the mystery that 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 act of salvation was for all of us, that it has that power but how would you talk to someone or you know lead someone to this truth like who has never heard it before or maybe who has there's different situations but to get them back to either back into or to start walking in that truth what does that look like how would you explain that to some to somebody what is, what yeah. does it actually mean to walk into the truth yeah well first of all if i were to approach someone and present the truth to them I think the first thing I would do is spend a lot of time in the prayer closet praying to these people about these people and interceding on their behalf, um, because, like I said, 
if someone came to me, for example, and if I wasn't a believer and told me, hey, you're wrong and you're living in sin and you're going to go to hell, um, I would probably reject that. But I think that there's a greater spiritual working that needs to be done prior to us approaching people um, and, and presenting the truth to them. So the first thing I would do is is I would spend a lot of time praying for these people that I would approach, that the truth wouldn't be offensive to them, that the truth would set them actually free, that the truth would, would do its work, um, that it wouldn't drive them away but draw them to Christ and to see what actually is true, that God loves you and that he uh, has a plan, he has a beautiful plan for you, but you need to depart from iniquity. Um, so that's the first thing I would do is spend a lot of time praying for these people that the Lord actually works in their heart. Um, because we could speak all, we can speak the words that we want, but unless the Father actually, if unless God actually does a work, um, you know, we won't get really, really far. Um, but in terms of walking in the truth and what that actually means, um, that was the third point I made. And walking this truth is actually really simple. Um, it means persevering the Word of God, because Jesus says in John chapter eight verse thirty-one, "If you abide in My Word." You are truly my disciples. And the word of God, the words of Jesus Christ is the truth. So when you walk in the truth, when you persevere in the truth, when you persevere in the word of God, you are abiding in God and you are, that is walking in the truth. So it's, it's really that simple, um, you know, not to overcomplicate things. I think to walk in the truth means to persevere in the word of God. And I went on and described different points on why we why we do so why do we persevere in the truth and um as i spoke before in john eight thirty one, it says that it shows us that we are the truly disciples of jesus christ because you can say that you're a disciple you're a follower but you're not willing to put in the time to put in the commitment to actually stick to reading the word of god and if you actually do that that shows that you have a love for god if you love something you'll set apart time and uh, you will go and you'll do it no matter how you feel that day. Um, same thing with the Word of God. If you truly have a love for Jesus and you have a love for the Word, you will take apart time out of your day and you will um, you know, perhaps even sacrifice things like that you love to do just because of the greater love that you have for the Word. Um, and that to you, that will show you and it will be a confirmation to you that, you know, that I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. Um, and another point I brought up was that uh, it sanctifies you as you abide in the word. Um, the truth, it will sanctify you. In, in John chapter 17, verse 17, Jesus says, um, this is when he's praying about his disciples, and he says that, um, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. So when we abide in the word, when we read it, when we study it, when we analyze it, um, it sanctifies us, it cleanses us, it teaches us the way we are to walk in and shows us the path that we are to take. It says, your word is a, a light to my feet and, and a lamp. Uh, your word is a light to my feet um, and a lamp on my path. Um, and it shows us, it directs us on the path that we are to go. It shows us who God is and who we are and how to walk in him. Um, and that sanctifies us as believers. Yeah. Um, and I just kind of want to, you know, not to put put down on anything you just said, because I totally agree with it, but just some of the words you, you use and some of the, you know, the phrases that you mentioned, like persevering in the word or abiding in him. Like we hear these words so often from the pulpit, yeah. from our favorite teachers and stuff like that. But 
and we might even know, you know, to a certain degree what that means. But if we if we ask someone, even if you asked me, like, OK, sit down and like tell me what it means to persevere in the word or to abide in Christ, like to put a definition to those things. Like so many times, uh, even I myself might not have the answer to that. So can you yeah. just dive in a little bit deeper into those phrases? And this might be the last thing that we do. But dive in a little bit deeper about what do you mean by persevering in the word and abiding in Christ? I think, yeah, that's a good point. I think um, I think perseverance brings a, along a, a big element of discipline in terms of if you want to be an Olympic champion, you persevere in your sport and you do so with discipline. Um, you know, you could be motivated to, you know, you know, to play your sport for a day or two, but then after that, it takes discipline, um, no matter how you're feeling, to stick to this diet, to stick to this regimen, uh, to stick to waking up early, um, going to sleep earlier, and, you know, you know, sacrificing hanging out with friends or whatever else. And I think that, you know, even Apostle Paul takes a lot of elements out of, you know, um, different runners at that time, um, and he applies it to the Christian life in, in terms of disciplining yourself in the same manner. So by persevering, I think perseverance brings along a, a big element of discipline in terms of it doesn't really matter how you feel that day. It doesn't really matter, you know, if you ha- if you have time, or if you don't have time, you have to make time for it because this is your life. This is what you're living for. So if I were to simply define, you know, persevering the word, I would mean that to me, that would mean um, just reading your word day in and day out to study it, to set apart time, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, uh, every single day to study and to read the Word of God and, and not just to brush over it, not just to get it done. Um, that's something I've been, you know, re- reanalyzing my life because sometimes, you know, I'd read the Word of God just to um, just to get it done at the end of the day, just to put a checklist, but to honestly dive deep into the Word, to understand what what, what the Scriptures are saying um, and persevering in the word also, you know, it brings a, a, along an element of, um, in doing so and in, in, in disciplining yourself to, he, to, to, to read the word of God, to study it. Um, it brings a, a big benefit to you because it allows you to hear the voice of God, um, in your life. Um, and you know, a lot of times I think that we, you know, question God in terms of, um, you know, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? Um, what is the will for my life? Um, but we, we're not spending enough time in the Word. We're not studying it. We're not reading it. So I think to me the biggest thing is, you know, if you want to hear the voice of God, if you want to be the, a disciple of Jesus Christ, it's going to take effort. It's going to take discipline. It's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to take your time. It's going to take your energy. Um, and that, that, all of that, is persevering the word. Yeah, I think that's beautiful how you mentioned, you know, I would even go a step further and say that persevering in the word is more than just even reading it, reading it every day, reading it faithfully, but it's growing in the word. Right. And I love how you yeah. like mentioned that. And if you want to, you know, spend 10 seconds or 20 seconds just of going over abiding in Christ, we can finish up. Yeah. Um, abiding, in, abiding in Christ, you know, abiding, I think abiding in Christ also means abiding in his word. But abiding in Christ means being in prayer as well, because in prayer we are we're communicating with our God. We, come, we become one in the Spirit, um, 
And, and, and when we do so, when we abide in him, when we pray, when we, you know, that, the same thing goes with prayer. Um, it's not just reading the word. It's difficult to pray. It's hard to pray. That's why we, you know, a lot of times we don't do it. It's because it's hard. It's hard to stand on your knees and to intercede for someone. Um, when your flesh is tired, when you're weak, it's difficult, you know. But that's where the element of discipline comes in. Um, and abiding in Christ when we become one with, with the Spirit, we, it says that whatever we ask of Him, it shall be given to us. That's why prayer is so powerful, is because when we abide in Him, um, we're able to ask and we see we reap the benefits of that in terms of we see what we see God answering our prayers. Yeah, direct access to the throne of God. We have direct access. Yeah, exactly. Um, and Jesus, another thing we see, you mentioned growth, um, abiding in Christ. The more we discipline ourselves to prayer. The more we discipline ourselves to reading the word, the more we will grow. Um, Jesus says that in John chapter 15, I believe, um, he says that if you ab- abide in me, you'll bear much fruit um, because he is the you, he is the vine and um, he is the bra- he is the vine and we are the branches. Um, and if when we abide in him, when we abide in, in prayer, when we, we will grow. Um, and that's just to highlight what you mentioned about growth that's a big aspect of that too yeah i honestly i wish we had more time we definitely have to have you on another podcast a full-length episode maybe even extended length you know uh thank you Ruvim, for joining us thank you for sharing you know it's evident that god is working in your life praise god no it's definitely it's definitely an honor to be on here and thank you for uh, the privilege all right god bless you guys thank you for tuning in to another episode uh god bless God bless.